Afternoons with Adam Epstein. AWOD Radio. Every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. My mom's in town this week, and uh, she's here at Capitol Ale House eating a burger, Burger Capital of America. Uh, so we'll give her a little chance to do a little review here on Dude Food coming up at 145. But I wanted to get back into the commanders for a second here because everyone's talking about this new offense with Eric Bieniemy, right? And, you know, I'm fired up for the offense. I still think the defense is going to be our strength this season. I mean, there's just so many, you know, first-round picks on the defensive line and Sam Howell will struggle at times. But I just – I think if you look at him throughout preseason and you wanted to give him a grade, I think you'd have to give him an A. Right, no big mistakes, no turnovers. The biggest mistake, the only negative that I pointed to was the sack. And I think one of those was on Andrew Wiley, and the other one, he made a mistake. He tried to make the home run ball happen. But you know what I love is that he autocorrected himself, like Eric Bieniemy says. He made up for that mistake with a 17-yard pass on third down to Cole Turner. So, question I have for you right now: eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. What do you think this offense will look like? week one when the Arizona Cardinals come to town, right? We didn't see the starters in preseason game number three, so what will the offense look like week one? Will we see the improvement from Coach Scott Turner, the way he ran the offense, to Coach Eric Bieniemy immediately? Will it take time? Will they try to, you know, hide Sam Howell and not expose him for the first few weeks? Last year, when the season started with two straight drives, touchdowns, 14 points, and we're up 14-0 against Jacksonville before it stalled out. And ultimately, we were lucky to win week one, and I think lucky to win eight games with the mediocre quarterback play that we got from Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. So what will Coach Eric Bieniemy's offense look like week one? 833-804-0910. I think it's going to be a lot of Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. All right? And I'm saying it's going to be a lot of them running the ball. They'll probably have 25 carries combined. But I think it's also going to be a lot of Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson catching the ball out of the backfield. Kansas City last year, all right, and Eric Bannemi was the offense coordinator the last five years, won two Super Bowls. Kansas City last year was fourth in the NFL in passes to the running back with Pacheco and McKinnon. So think about that. Fourth in the NFL in the amount of times that they passed to the running back. What did we see in preseason? We saw Brian Robinson used heavily in the passing game, four catches in game number two. We know that's where Antonio Gibson's at his best because that's how he used was used in college, right? He's a great running back, running routes out of the backfield. That's how he got into the end zone against Baltimore with that exact same play, the play where the running back goes out from the backfield to the right, cuts back into the inside. He caught the ball and then fought into the end zone. So I think it's going to be a lot of these short passes to the running backs, dump-offs to Cole Turner, Finding McLaurin in a, st- a soft zone, maybe Dotson on a comeback route. The quicker Sam Howell is able to release the ball, the better this offense is going to be all around, right? Because, number one, it gets rid of the pass rush, and I think our offensive line is going to be shaky, all right? It gives the offensive line the ability to hold up if he's only, you know, standing there for two, two and a half seconds each snap. It helps Sam's, I think, 
going to help his completion percentage. And when you think about a young quarterback, if you look up the stat board or you go into halftime and you're 8 of 9, that's the kind of confidence to come out in the second half and take a deep shot. And so we, all, we want this offense to be buzzing. We want this offense to be constantly moving forward. I don't think it has to be chunk plays, right? It's going to be an offense that runs heavily. So maybe you run on first down for four yards. You throw on second down for four, and then you third and two, you run it again. Boom, that's a first down. That's all you need to do is keep the sticks moving. We've seen Eric Bieniemy's offense in preseason, and I told you last segment, it looks a lot more spread out than Scott Turner's. He had players running routes right on top of each other, where Coach Eric Bieniemy's got this spread offense. He's letting guys make a move once they have the ball. And so you're going to see Sam Howell throw to the running backs often. You're going to see him get rid of it quickly, hand the ball off often, and it's going to surprise people. You are going to see a lot of Sam Howell on the move. Sam Howell quarterback designed runs. Sam Howell with an RPO run pass option. Sam Howell on a designed rollout to the right or rollout to the left. A play that gives him more time to throw. When you move the pocket, it gets rid of the pressure from one side. And yes, it cuts off a half the field, but it gives him the time to roll out and throw on the run, which he showed he can do. And I also think you're going to see when a play breaks down, Sam's not afraid to run the ball. He nearly ran for 1,000 yards his junior season at UNC. That's why his draft stock kind of fell, because they forced him to run so often. He finished the season with 890 yards. So he's very capable of running when three things break down or when he just sees an opening. And you know what? I'm going to say this. Sam Howell looks comfortable in this offense. He looks like he should have been drafted in the first or second round. He looks the part. He looks like a guy that could be a franchise quarterback. And I think he has the potential to be the franchise quarterback here in Washington just because he looks like he's got a total understanding of the offense. He looks right at home. And I think you have to credit Coach Eric Bieniemy for that. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post had a good write-up about our offense here in Washington this season. He said, this year, quick passing figures to be the critical part of Washington's offense. Quick game, as it's often called, is a loose concept that describes plays in which Everything moves fast. The lineman sets, the quarterback's feet, and the ball. The quarterback often speed things up by splitting the field and focusing on the side with the better matchup or more space. That's kind of what I'm talking about with the design rollouts here. He says some analysts define quick game throws that come in two and a half seconds or less. Two and a half seconds or less. That's why I think it's going to help our offensive line because they're not going to have to protect for that long. For the commanders, the importance of the quick game will be partially schematic, says Sam Fortier. The enemy's West Coast attack requires precise timing and spacing and partially practical. It minimizes the weakest aspects of the offense. Hello, the offensive line and accentuates the strongest, which is the receivers, right? Just get the ball into McLaurin's hands. Get the ball into Dotson's hands. Let Curtis Samuel make a guy miss. Sam Howell loves the quick game as well. He said, quote, Quick game passing is awesome. It makes my job easy. Getting the ball out of my hands fast, and we have some really good weapons on the outside, it's one of my favorite parts of the offense. So the improvements, right, between Coach Eric Bieniemy versus Scott Turner. All right, Scott Turner had this offense decent last year at times. I mean, they won eight games, eight, eight, and one. So the improvements I want to see this season that I think should lead to at least one more win, all right, at least nine and eight. I'm hoping for 10 and seven. But number one, there were so many plays last year where Scott Turner had these long developing routes. You know, Carson Wentz would do play action, and then he had to step up in the pocket, and he's trying to throw a 65-yard bomb, and they were trying to really take advantage of his arm strength. And to the team's, um, it didn't work out for the team because 
one, the offensive line wasn't good enough. Two, Carson Wentz was inaccurate, right? So I think, number one, the most improvement you're going to see from Eric Bieniemy just based on the play calls is the quicker throws. You know, two and a half seconds, get it out. Not these long developing routes where the quarterback ends up getting sacked. Number two, and I'm hoping this is going to be the biggest thing about Eric Bieniemy's strength, third down conversions. Last year, Washington had a game where Carson Wentz was one of 11. And then Taylor Heineke had a game where he was like three of 14. That is just so awful. So awful. You got to be close to 50%. And so I'm hoping that Eric Bieniemy's improvement based on Scott Turner and what he did last year is just better third down conversions. I think Scott Turner's issue is he would get too cute and blow it on third and short. You know, third and one, let's do an end around to Curtis Samuel. No, just QB sneak it. I mean, you had Carson Wentz, just QB sneak it for the first down. You know, uh, do the tush push that the Eagles made famous last year with Jalen Hurts. Do whatever you can to get the third down, but don't overthink it, which is what I think Scott Turner did a lot last year. And then number three, more successful in the red zone. Kansas City was so good in the red zone last year. A lot of that, you got to give credit to Eric Bieniemy, his creativity. You know, the play they had in the Super Bowl where they had the guys running in circles. You know, he schemed a way to get... Travis Kelsey opened for four touchdowns in a game against the Vegas Raiders where all they did was double Travis Kelsey. So the creativity in the red zone is another thing I'm going to keep an eye on. That's my three things. If all three of those things happen, I believe this team will score six more points per game. Last year, Washington averaged 18.9 points per game last season. And somehow, at home, they were even worse. Only 17 points per game last season. I don't know how they won eight games only scoring 17 points at home. That was ranked 24th with 18.9 points per game overall and 31st in the National Football League at home, second to last. Think about how bad that is. And he still win eight games? So many things would have to go wrong this season for us to not be slightly improved with a better offensive coordinator. I, I think a better quarterback play. All right. Based not that Taylor Heineke was bad at any time last year, but when you combine what Wentz and Heineke did, they just were not good enough. Healthier running backs, healthier tight ends, more experience with your wide receivers. I believe nine wins is the floor for the commanders this season. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere, don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 the Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at... 105, 1 FM gets you covered on both ends of the dial here in Richmond. 9:10 AM, 105, 1 FM, and available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk here in town. It gives you the ability to pause, rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. What I love about the Odyssey app, and I use it every day to listen to the junkies, is I get up and, you know, those guys have been on for two hours, but I can use the rewind feature and pick exactly what chapter I want to hear. Do I want to hear the junkies blitz? Do I want to hear about EB, you know, going to the dentist? That That's always the best content right there. So I can use the chapters to figure out exactly what I want to listen to. When you go to Odyssey app right now and search 910 The Fan, you'll see the sports app, NFL Hits, on AWOD Radio, and you can pick the exact segment that you want to chime in on. All right, so joining us right now on the 
a Dean Mercer rug cleaning hotline to talk a little commanders. It's our buddy Kyle Roenick from the Burgundy Zone podcast. What's going on, Kyle? Happy Monday, Adam. How are we feeling after 3-0 preseason? Dude, we're feeling great. You're right. I didn't even get to that. The Commanders, one of three teams undefeated in preseason this year. What do you think about that, man? Does that matter to you? Because I did say the game against the Ravens mattered to me. I wanted to end their streak, and to me it kind of signaled a culture change here in Washington with Eric Bieniemy wanting to put points on the board offensively in the preseason. Absolutely. It's a big deal to me just gaining the confidence. I think the fight in Baltimore in the joint practices was more productive than anything they did in these games. I know that's kind of crazy to say, but that kind of defensive, we have your back kind of mentality for your brothers is something that Washington has kind of lacked over time, and it kind of shows the confidence of this football team and saying, you're not going to mess with us, we're not going to back down, and you're not going to do that to us. And you saw that in this preseason. Every, they would, they, the other team would respond. But somehow, some way, either Jake Fromm, the wide receivers, or the running backs – coming through for this team, being able to propel them over them, I think that confidence built is huge going into the regular season, kind of like with college football, how they used to do those cupcake first game of the season to allow the team to kind of get into a good rhythm of that confidence. Similar thing with this preseason where they're on that high, but they know that that is not the way to go, but they have to clean stuff up. But it's a good feeling of confidence going into the season. No, I totally agree. I mean, you got a game-winning drive against the Ravens. Joey Sly has a game-winning field goal now already under his belt. And this is a team that went 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one last year. So last segment we were talking about the improvements offensively between the way Scott Turner ran his offensive schemes and Eric Bieniemy. I said I'm hoping for these three things, quicker throws, better on third downs, and more successful in the red zone. How do you think this offense will look differently from Coach Scott Turner to Eric Bieniemy? I think you're absolutely right about that. The quick throws is the monumental part of it. We were ripping the hair out of our head last season in week two against Detroit when Scott Turner continued to call five to seven-step dropbacks off play action, allowing for the defensive line to get after the, the quarterback. That's differing now, and you're seeing that with Sam Howell in these games. He's getting the ball out of his hands, hopefully before that three-second mark. But the reason for that is not just because you're getting the ball into the playmaker's hands, making it easy on the quarterback. You're also helping the offensive line. So their job is not as difficult as it was like we saw last year in Detroit in season two. But I will say this, the way that the running backs are utilized, and not only the running backs, the tight ends are utilized in this offense, is vastly different than we've seen before. And we haven't even seen the real iceberg of this offense yet. They haven't really put out those plays that they've been holding for the regular season yet, but they're still putting up points. They're still finding ways to win. And that's why I think this preseason for the offense was so good for them because it wasn't just the fact that they were executing and being able to score points. It was they willed themselves to be able to do that. That confidence. That's not something I felt from this offense last season or the season before under a different leadership. That's why I think Eric Bieniemy coming in here in that leadership mindset, establishing that aggressive, that you have to respect me sort of like cool runnings type of way, that mentality has blended over into the offense, and you're seeing it with these productions and them being able to win these football games. It's Kyle Roenick, the podfather from the Burgundy Zone podcast, an award-winning commander's podcast with us here on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline. So I also went through my core four, four players that I think Commanders fans can count on to show up week in and week out this season. I want you to come up with your core four. You can copy me for a few of them, but don't give me the exact same four. I'm going with Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson, 
Jonathan Allen, and Cam Curl. Kyle, who do you got? Uh, I would say Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Charles Leno, and Sam Howell. I think mm-hmm. they're give me be give me a reason for Charles Leno, bro. Charles Leno is the cement. He is your tower on the outside. He is who you have to depend on in order to keep Sam Howell upright. We all know that you got to keep Sam Howell safe, not not allow anybody to touch him. Charles Leno is going – the reason why he hasn't played much in this preseason is because they are confident in his play. They played Wiley a hell of a lot more than they did Leno in this preseason. That tells you a lot about how they feel and their confidence in him. Without injuries, I, I don't know all that much what happened last season, but I know that Charles Leno was nicked up. He is healthy coming into the season. I looked at his frame. He looks like he's worked out, added a lot of muscle. I think Charles Leno coming in as the vet, the game is comfortable to him. And being the leader on that offensive line, he, it's going to be very hard for him to be able to maintain the offensive line. But I think Charles Leno, up until this point, has shown you he is capable of doing that. He's not the best guy in the NFL, but he is solid. And he'll play day, week in and week out regardless of what he gets nicked up with. Kyle, I read a quote from Ron Rivera this morning to Albert Breer that kind of pissed me off. I want to hear your reaction to it. It takes us back to last season after Sam Howell's performance against the Cowboys. He says, quote, you can ask Stephanie, his wife, all we effing talked about was the quarterback, what the quarterback did, who he was. I kept saying, eff it. If I would have known this, I would have played Sam Howell sooner. How does that make you feel, man? Uh, I understand it. I understand what he is saying. Because there is a maturity aspect for a quarterback when he comes into the NFL. And one of the reasons a lot of the fan base did not want Sam Howell to play early on in those games is because they thought the offensive line was going to get him killed. And they did not want Sam Howell to regress as a quarterback because he had to run for his life. So I understood why they pushed it back. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, But I think what Ron Rivera learned in that Dallas game was the maturity of Sam Howe, where he thought he was just your regular you know, kid coming in, just hoping to be able to get a chance to prove himself. When Sam Howe threw that pick and then said, no, I, I tried to feed it, I need to put that on the corner of the end zone, showing that wisdom, showing that being a self-corrector really was eye-opening to Rivera and saying, wow, this kid is a lot farther along mentally than I thought he was. And that is probably the biggest difference of what Rivera is talking about. I know hindsight is twenty twenty. I brought this up in our other chat. Is anybody going to talk about Andy Reid not starting Pat Mahomes over Alex Smith his rookie year? Even though, like, obviously Alex Smith is a better quarterback than what we had last year. But I'm just saying the difference in production between Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes is similar to what you would say with Carson Wentz and Taylor with Sam Howell. And so there's a maturity aspect. This in Honestly, I believe everything happens for a reason. And we could sit here and be mad about why he didn't get started earlier. But who's to say he wouldn't have played poorly in the earlier starts? In that Dallas game, there was, a, there was turnovers. There was easy points put on the board for this, for this football team. Could you guarantee that in those games before it? And I don't believe so. And I think that's optimistic, the way to look at it. But I understand that everything happens for a reason. And I look at it as a key unlo- un- unlocking a lock and saying this was the perfect circumstance, the perfect environment for Sam Howell to be put and thrusted into that position in Week 17 to build up that confidence heading into the next season. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of agree with you to a certain extent, but I just I look back to that Browns game last year, the week before the game against the Cowboys, and the commanders were not eliminated at that point. Ron Rivera elected right. to go with Carson Wentz, and I think, you know, that's kind of what he's saying in that quote, God darn it, if I had gone with Sam Howell, we might have been in the postseason, and he would have had some postseason experience right there. It's Kyle Roenick with us here on the Hadi Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. 
from the Burgundy Zone podcast. What's your plan for week one, dude? Will you be at FedEx Field? I think that place is going to be rocking, you know, with the post-Dan buzz and all the energy excitement for Josh Harris. And we did hear Magic Johnson will be in the will in the building week one. Absolutely. And not only Magic Johnson, but the U.K. boys are coming over for the first game of the year. They've done it the past two years. They couldn't do it during COVID. So it's always a big thing for the U.K. guys to come over here and experience week one. And so I'll, we'll definitely be there with bells on. We'll be in Section 305. I'm expecting it to be sold out just from the vibes, the energy that I'm feeling. And I just couldn't imagine the sight of that. And I'm really excited to be able to actually have home field advantage. Again, Adam, I, I talked about this on our podcast. And that preseason game against the Ravens, it's not that far away from us. It's right down the road. Did you feel overwhelmed by black and uh, purple? like you did in years before. And I didn't get that sense. It felt like home field advantage for the first time in a very long time. And I'm fully expecting that for week one. Arizona, they they do travel well, but I do not expect for them to be showing up in full force like they have in years past, given the circumstances of their team. But I expect us to be loud, rocking, and this to be a monumental and a a memory that we're all going to cherish for a long time. Is it a must-win week one, though? Yes, absolutely it is. I, I, <laughs> yeah. was, I would say every week, every week is a must win. But, of course, also given the fact that the Cardinals, knowing who you got week two uh, in the Denver Broncos, then you have the Bills, and then after that you're going to roll down the NFC East. So it's very important to get that week one win. And it, it's huge for Sam Howell in itself. You know, you don't want him to kind of take that step back week one. Hopefully he can build on what he's built so far in the preseason. Kyle, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio, every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I mentioned my mom is visiting. She's celebrating a special birthday. And so you came on out to Capitol Ale House so we can do a little review live here. Yes. On dude food. Exactly. This is Dude on AWOD Radio. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude! Food! All right, so, Mom, we're here at, we're here at Capitol Ale House in Innsbruck, and we know Richmond is the burger capital of America. So I oh, saw you it? at a burger. What'd you get? I got the kimchi burger. Really? It was a special burger, feature burger. It was very good. It was different. What yeah. is what is kimchi? It, it said there were Korean spices oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. burger, and then there was kimchi. You know mm. what that is, cabbage, and um, provolone cheese. Nice. Which really good. And I saw you loaded it up with like mustard and all the stuff I don't like. Mustard, yeah, mustard ketchup. ketchup. I put that on the Didn't burger. Didn't you have mayonnaise too? Well, mayonnaise is what you have on the french fries here. They're known for this really good. I didn't know that's, that. That's sort of the French way, I think, to have mayonnaise with your French fries. <laughs> really? So good. Okay. Really garlicky mayonnaise. Three different kinds. Yep. And you had um, your Diet Coke, right? I had Diet Coke. I was Coke, telling Zach, yes. you got me hooked on Diet Cokes ever since oh, I was no, a kid. Oh, no, that's not good. It's not good, but I, I've, I've yeah, cut them the off pain. recently. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> Too much is that, aren't there better things that I've hooked you at, like reading and <laughs> love of learning? Going to no. the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. No, big Diet Well, I mean, you, you remember, because growing up, I, would, I was telling the audience, Dad would make dinner, and then you'd come home from a long, exhausting day of being a top lawyer in Virginia, and you'd have a Diet Coke and, and the meal that Dad would make. <laughs> and I would always have an extra Diet Coke after dinner when I would sit with you. And we'd watch TV. Yeah. You're always watching Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. And Access Hollywood. And Jeopardy. And Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good at Jeopardy. Very good at Jeopardy. Yeah, no, you're, you're pretty good. <laughs> you're decent. She, Zach, she wants to compete in Jeopardy, though. But <laughs> the problem is, is she gets nervous. Rip it, rip it up. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you have to help, help me get be faster with the uh, the buzzer. They yeah, yeah with the clicker, so I can try out again. Part, yeah. 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 Hey, Zach, so I, I wanted to bring this up on Dude Foodies. You've been talking about this place that you go to for lunch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my new jam when I'm uh, having a long day at the station because it's, it's on Broad Street. Um, it's it's down tw- on my way to Costco, like on the right-hand side. I forget the name of the road. But it's called Hogshead, and it is such good barbecue. It is Really? We, yeah, we got to go there, like, post-show one day if you're not pickling. Yeah. Well, uh, if it doesn't rain, I, I will be pickling today. But uh, I look outside, and it's, it's just not the greatest weather. No. So, you got to yeah. have the indoor pickle. Yeah. Yeah. But um, another thing we want to mention on Dude Food, Zach, is my mom loves Indian food. So we tried this new Indian restaurant last night. What was it called? Kismet. Kismet. So good. It's delicious. Anything tandoori, I've figured out, is like my favorite thing on the planet. Yeah. They had tandoori shrimp tandoori chicken, and tandoori cauliflower, cauliflower, which was the greatest thing. And I I told my mom, I said, I I think we should stay away from the vegetables. You know, let's let's just get some meat. But the cauliflower might have been the best thing we got last night. great. I know. You even said it tasted like a steak. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was. I know, right? Cauliflower tasting like steak. What have have we come to in this world? Well, your mom has probably exposed you to a lovely palate of uh, international cuisine uh, growing up. Well, I've tried. I've tried. I, I, on the other hand, yeah. Uh, just steak and potatoes and macaroni and cheese and corn <laughs> growing up. And a lot you're, of milk. That's about it. You don't it. think you would have liked uh, the butter chicken, Zach? I, I, I oh, might, you got to try I it, Zach. All it's I know so is, good. Okay, well, maybe you guys can help me out. Go a little bit at a time because I know the Indian food can get really hot and spicy. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can. We And we had some things that we learned quite a We kick. learned yeah. last night, I like my chicken red. I don't like my chicken <laughs> green. And they do have some green chicken options. They had a green, options. very herbaceous chicken <laughs> they, were, they were touting, and Adam was like, no, no yeah. green chicken. Is no, green but chicken hotter than red chicken? Uh, I don't know if no, it was. I think it was like a little so. mintier. But we had oh, okay. a lamb kebab appetizer yeah, that, that was had good. like a green um, sauce. Dip with, yeah. That Ooh had quite a kick yeah. yeah that was good but here's zach i guarantee you you will love non bread i mean there's oh, just yeah. no one that doesn't like non bread yeah. that that was the best part of the meal yeah, any bread really s- oh my god you gotta soak up all the good sauces with that non bread so yeah. good okay. so mom Garlic non. so you're celebrating this big birthday and so yeah i'm uh, kind you know, of dragging it I'm out trying, over a yeah, month. I, you yeah. really are i know <laughs> so we took you out to dinner last night got ice well, cream i, I Paid for that. You did. I, I paid for the ice cream. Give me a little credit. She did. Right? <laughs> I paid for the ice cream. I said, put your wallet away. I'm paying for Salati Celesti. All right. But <laughs> but this morning, though, you went to Luster by Adolf, our friends Robin yes, and I Daniel. Did. And they were they, both there. They got took to care see of you? Them. Yes, they did. So I, let me see what you got. I got two bracelets. Oh, my gosh. And the funny thing is, yeah, they're um, silver and one has some gold. And I think little Take it off. Let me, let me look at it. 
And or it's just the give me your same, wrist. it's the same, I had bought a ring last time I visited, and this is the same um Last time company. you got a 14 carat gold, right? This has 18 carats. Oh my on, good. On this um, bracelet. Zach, she's just going up and up in carats now. <laughs> gold and silver and diamonds. Well done, Adam. <laughs> I know. My mom's got it's more like bling than an NFL player. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh and my. And yes. she's matching designers now with the rings. Yeah, I know. Yep. Now I have a ring. It's Jude Francis, Lord. and I had a great time there. Zach, do you do you own any any jewelry? Uh, not anymore because I had to take my wedding ring off. But we'll move on. <laughs> Because oh. my dad is so jealous. He's probably listening right now, and he's been saying he wants to get, like, a bracelet or a watch at Luster. And <laughs> uh, he knows I've spoiled my mom three different times now. Yeah. So I, I have to admit, they do have men's watches there. Oh, they so do have men's I, watches. And I mentioned to them that you want to get him a watch. So. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I'm <laughs> sorry, sorry, Amy, you're not going to get the necklace until maybe next I know, next I know. So this, this, what do they call this bracelet? Because this is really cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah, I like the um, little, like, flower type things call, on it. I don't know. It kind of looks like a cuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Can I fit this on my wrist? Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you know can. Yeah, I don't want to break it. It's very feminine, <laughs> it's though. It's too expensive <laughs> for me to break. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. So you had a good time at Luster. I had a great time. I, I yeah, would say I they it. treat everyone like family. They do. It's right? a beautiful store. It smells good. They're very uh, welcoming and nice. And yeah. They've got gorgeous stuff. I mean, who would not enjoy going to a jewelry yeah. store? Yeah, and we love how when people come in, they say, sports radio host Awad sent you. Yeah. That's what we need more of. <laughs> Did well, she they say that? They, they really track the, um, the, the, I guess, the social media search that they get after you do an ad so yeah. it's really good they're awesome it's, yeah well we love luster by adolf <laughs> you visited them in the corner of param road at the, of the ridge shopping yeah, center yeah yeah i'm yeah. getting that, to be a real richmond richmondian well that's what a call me i don't know a richmonder I guess. A richmonder, yeah <laughs> richmondite i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i like richmond yeah i'm really into it no you yeah. had a good time when we were in college i, I always did. tell zach that your favorite restaurant is can can oh i do love can can because yes. onion soup baked is so good yeah. But now I want to go I want next time I want to um go to Rock and what was that place called River City Roll yeah. and Bowl and get pizza. Yeah. Well, is that, I was I was giving her a hard time for missing football festival. I mean, I know, it was the, but the biggest event of the year. Cruise, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know. It sounds like such you a need good a event. vacation and, uh, from the next, vacation. Yeah. Yeah, next year. All right, let's do a uh, Zach, I talked about this. Let's do a quick Mom doesn't know here on AWOD oh. Radio. Oh boy. You okay. know, I, I love oh to shit. test my mom. <laughs> oh, you can't say that, Am mom. Jesus. Oops. Zach, you got to dump that. My, dump my mom's trying to get me fired here I on a Monday. It. My goodness. All right. Mom doesn't know. <laughs> it's her birthday. Mom, I know. Happy birthday, mom. Mom doesn't know the mascot for the Cleveland football team. Go. It's um, it's the Cleveland Browns. Oh, give her a it's, ding. It's she a, knew it. She a, knew a, it. Is it a brown animal? <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't All right. know what Mo- Mom doesn't know Super Bowl champion quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Give me a Can hint. Can you give me? Yeah, his name like is Patrick. Patrick Mahomes knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It got is? it. Give, oh, her, give, give her a ding. Give her a ding. Okay. All right. Mom doesn't know um, the Washington Capitals best hockey player. Yeah, for the Caps, he's a Russian guy. No, Russian right. machine never um, breaks. Um, um, yeah, the great eight. It's Yuri, Yuri. Yeah, yeah, Yuri. Yeah, no, keep going. Yeah. Is, there, is there no? <laughs> Putin, I don't know. <laughs> no. He's on his Instagram page. Is it, a, right, right. Is it a Vladimir? No, no. All right, mom doesn't know the number one tennis player in the world right now. U.S. Open's on right now. What's it's, his name? It's a, uh, uh, um, the Spanish guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not Nadal. It's another Spanish it's guy. It's like... 
Agrada or no. <laughs> Alcaraz. Car Carlos Alcar Alcaraz. Alcaraz. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I said Alcaraz. Right, let's go back to the mascots. Those are the funnest. All right. Mom doesn't know the mascot for the Atlanta football team. It's the Braves? Chiefs? No. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's a bird. It's Falcon? a bird. Falcons? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. All right. Uh, mom doesn't know the mascot for Virginia Tech. I almost went there. I didn't get in. It's it's the um, the Hokies. The Chokies. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Hokies. 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 I don't even know what a Hokie is exactly. But that's where Hoda Kotb went. Oh, really? She's one proud one. Oh, yeah. I, Zach, my mom wanted to watch an hour of the Today Show this morning, and I had enough of it. <laughs> Which I hour? Turn this crap off. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were going over whether it was okay to go to the grocery store and eat things as you go, and then as long as you pay for it. Yeah. Like I, eat sushi. I think that, no, I'm out on that. I'm out on it's that. kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see you touching some nuts over there. <laughs> you know what? Dad used to do that when we were growing up. He would he would buy me some gummy bears, and he'd have half of them yeah, before we paid for them. Yeah. Uh, he would go to one movie and then sneak into a second yeah. movie. <laughs> that, that was a good bit. We should do that again. We should do that again. All right. Um, I'm going to do Blackberry on Netflix. You want to stick around for that? Sure. Awesome. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein here on AWOD Radio, just past 2 p.m. here on an August 28th. I'm live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. As I'll be here every Monday throughout football season, talking college football, recapping the NFL on Sunday, the Commanders, and previewing Monday night football. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, covers UVA and the ACC for the Augusta Free Press, it's Chris Graham. What's going on, Chris? Adam, it's game week, man. I am hyped. I'm ready to go. Well, what were your thoughts on week zero of the college football season, man? Um, there were some games. I mean, you, you, not a lot to get our attention, but, uh, you know, it's football. It, they get, they count. Uh, Notre Dame with a huge win. You know, uh, closed things out the way they needed to. USC a little closer for a while than they expected, but they pulled away late. So, you know, the, the seal's broken off. we got a season now. That's good. Heisman watch, who are the candidates that you'll be watching this season? Obviously, in the ACC, there's Drake May. I love me some Caleb Williams at USC. Who are a, th a few other names out there? Oh, God. You know, I've, since I covered the ACC and, and, and focus so much attention there, Drake May, uh, he's a must-have for the ACC this year. You know, the ACC needs to get at least one team in the playoff. Uh, we need to get Drake May uh, to be a Heisman guy uh, for the ACC standpoint. We need some. We need some love there, so... Uh, you know, all in there as far as that goes. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams, yeah, he's 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 got to be a guy uh, that you're looking at there. And you know, it's it's a quarterback centric thing. There's not a lot of running backs are getting the love anymore. So you know, I can't think of who those other guys would be, but those two guys have to be the, the early front runners anyway. So, Chris, what is your plan when you're heading to Nashville to see UVA against the 12 ranked Volunteers? I'm heading down on Friday. Uh, I get down there uh, Friday afternoon, I guess, and it's an early start on Saturday. Uh, Twelve o'clock kickoff, eleven o'clock 
air time down in the central time zone. So uh, kind of an interesting time to kick off a football game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so I want to be there the night before, uh, get, live a little bit downtown Nashville, and uh, yep. and then be ready for some football Saturday. Yeah, you definitely got to check out Broadway. And it is interesting how things get started early in Tennessee. You know, when I was there last year, it's the same thing with the NFL. All the games begin at 12 noon, and, you know, the pl- whole place is bumping it, and people are fired up. They love football there, and it's a great environment for UVA to start their season. So give me your preview. What do you want to see from the Who's game one against Tennessee? Just hang around. You know, they're 28-point underdogs. Uh, and, you know, the Vegas numbers will be out, I think, today. So we'll get a better feel for that. I'm, I'm going off the DraftKings numbers. But 28-point underdogs, that sounds about right. Uh, you know, hang around. Make it a game. Keep 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 some interest into the third quarter. Get, get you know, everybody healthy. Uh, have the quarterback, Tony Musket, named starting quarterback last week. You know, ha- let him have some success. Uh, keep him upright for the most part. And, you know, if, if, if this game is, is a, maybe a two-score game in the third quarter and Tennessee has to play their starters a little more than they expect um, as a 28-point underdog, that's all you can expect if you're UVA. And if, if you can keep this game a game into the fourth quarter, then you've really achieved what you needed to achieve. One of the coolest stories about UVA this season I've been reading about is the 34-year-old Virginia kicker, ex-Marine, Matt Ganyard. Uh, what kind of impact is he going to make? Is he just going to be doing kickoffs? Do you think he'll kick field goals as well? And what are your thoughts on this story? I mean, guy 34 years old, going to play college football. Yeah, as of last week, Matt, uh, uh, the, uh, Keith Gaither, the special teams coordinator, said that, that, that uh, Ganyard was still in the running to be the place kicker, field goals and extra points in addition to kickoff specialists. So it's funny, if, if he's a kickoff specialist, he might be the first Cavalier to touch a ball uh, in the game if, if Virginia you know, were to kick off the, lead, uh, kick off the game. And uh, what's funny about that is this guy had not even put pads on. Uh, he had never, he's never played in a football game, never played high school football. He played high school soccer. Uh, he was a UVA student, graduated in 2011. There's a loophole, if you can say, in uh, the NCAA regulations that your, your five-year clock uh, that starts when you enroll in, in college and start classes uh, and for, to play four years. Uh, he, he was able to defer that because of his military service. He was a U.S. Marine Corps a helicopter pilot, came back to UVA after that, uh, his term of service in the military was up. He went to he's in the Darden School in his second year, and he's 34 years old. Yeah, you know, the, the guy's call him Pop. They call him Grandpa. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> He's Uncle Matt. I mean, that's the that's the nicest one they call him. Uh, but he's a guy that, according to Coach Tony Elliott, uh, he's really booming the ball. Uh, but he's never he's never worn, he had never worn a helmet, never wore football pads until three uh, three and a half weeks ago. Uh, so his first his first football game ever will be there in Nashville. I mean, thirty four years old. He's got to be the oldest Cavaliers football player ever. Is there any other story that's been similar to this in your time covering UVA? I can't think of not even just UVA. I can't think of anything like this. I mean, it's kind of like a real life Rudy, you know, the movie yeah. Rudy from, <laughs> from back in the day. And you know, nothing embellished here, though. I mean, he's he's going to be out there. And you know, one thing we asked him about last week, uh, there he, he was made available for a, for a lengthy press conference. Most kickoff specialists and guys who are in the running to be the the place kicker don't get their own press conferences. There's so much interest in his story. Uh, we asked about, okay, so you've, you've never made a tackle before, I'm guessing, right? And, he, of course, he's not made a tackle because he'd never played football until three and a half weeks ago. Uh, but 
So he may, you know, on, on special teams, if he doesn't kick the ball out of the end zone, he may have to make a tackle. So that'll that'll be interesting. But then again, he's been he's a Marine, so he he might be able to make a tackle. But uh, uh, you know, just the fact that he he had to take a, a, a he basically bought a rubber football that he would take with him on his missions. He would be deployed for seven months uh, at different part, you know, parts of the world, and he would uh, when he was off duty, he would kick a football and uh, try to try to. You know, maintain uh, what he had uh, going at that time. He tried out for UVA football back in 2009 when Al Groh was still the coach. We've had Virginia football since then. It's had Mike London as a coach, Franco Mendenhall as a coach, Tony Elliott as a coach, and uh, he tried out back in the Groh era. Now he's playing under Tony Elliott. It's it's quite an interesting story. Going into the season, you know, I've been reading Streaking the Law, and they've got a good a preview for the season. And they've been saying, you know, best case scenario six and six, worst case two and ten. Is that something that you agree with there? Um, I can see five or six wins uh, if things go a certain way, and I can see one or two wins if things go the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably fair. Uh, you know, the schedule is is a little favorable, especially early in the season. Perhaps JMU could be a win. You know that that's the home opener next weekend. Uh, you know after the game at Tennessee, uh, they've got um, uh, Wayne and Mary in October. They go to Boston College uh, early in the season. The two Techs, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, are are projected to be towards the bottom of the ACC standings, like Virginia has been projected. So, you know you can maybe sneak a win somewhere else and get to six wins. But also this team, if, if you know, injuries stack up early to key positions like at quarterback, for example, uh, offensive line, yeah, this team could, could really struggle. So, yeah, I, I think I can go with that. I know you wrote about the quarterback battle with Tony Musket and uh, the freshman. You know, how, how long should the leash be here for Musket this season? I think it should probably be a, a little longer than you might say, just based on the fact they battled so late in the camp over the starting job. Just because Anthony Calendria is a true freshman, uh, he would love to get, you know, it, ideally for EVA football fans, if, if this season goes and Calendria is the backup quarterback all season long, but never takes a snap, never gets into a game, and then as a result gets to use this year as a redshirt year, that would be the best case scenario. That would mean Tony Musket played well. Uh, he didn't get hurt, and uh, Kalangiri gets the benefit of preparing each week as the backup quarterback, getting those mental reps when he's on the sidelines during the game, uh, but also doesn't have to use this year. Brennan Armstrong uh, had a similar uh, situation back in 2018. He was the backup to Bryce Perkins the whole season and didn't have to use that year. That was a redshirt year for him, so that was a real benefit to him uh, and, and to the UVA program as a result. So. Um, I would hope that the, the leash can be long, but you know, if the if if the results aren't there, Calandria, you know, I, he looked good in the spring game. He had good numbers in the spring game. He's a guy that put up big numbers in high school. So, if need be, and they need to go to him, that wouldn't be the worst case scenario. Chris, always appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Read Chris Graham's work at the AugustaFreePress.com. Follow them on social media, Aug Free Press. And our buddy Frank Maloney wanted me to remind you to stream Who's Talking Tonight on the Odyssey app. It returns at 6 p.m. They've got Billy McMullen, Paul Collins, Jeff McDonald, and Dr. Jody Smith right here on 910 The Fan at 6. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.